I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports features writer Ron Krojcik. Ron covers all sorts of beats for us, but he's been a presence on our Warriors coverage for years. Late Wednesday night, we sat down at Chase Center to discuss the disastrous loss to the Suns, in which Stephen Curry suffered a broken left hand. We'll have our conversation right after the break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ron, we're here, Chase Center, uh, just a couple of feet away from the site of what's going to be one of the more memorable moments probably in, in Warriors history. Steph Curry suffered a hand injury, broke his a bone in his left hand tonight in what was, to that point, an already disastrous game. They were down 29 points to the Suns. Um, this, the Warriors kind of rallied around rallied together after he left the game ended up cutting it down to 11 but obviously they still lost the game the game tonight is not what matters it's, it's really a footnote um, this tonight was all about Steph's injury and where do the Warriors go from here so Ron you know this team as well as anyone you've you've been around this team off and on for for years now what's your first thought when someone asks you what do you do if you're if you're Steve Kerr right now well, you and I just last week talked about in our season preview best case and worst case scenarios, and I believe this was the worst case scenario. Yeah. And it took four games for it to happen. They can't play defense, and they just lost one of the best offensive players ever. And if he needs surgery, they're going to lose him for quite a long time. They don't have offense to replace him. I mean, D'Angelo Russell's a good player, but he's not a great player, and they don't play defense. So they're in big trouble. I mean, this season is, in my mind, pretty much a lost cause. And I'm not saying they should tank for the last 78 games, but they're just not good enough to compete without Steph Curry and without Klay Thompson, obviously. We already knew that. Um, so I think it's, this is going to be just a, a completely you know, lost season in terms of the standings. I mean, the value in this season will be getting guys like Jordan Poole, Eric Pascal ready and, and improved to help next season. Um, and next season, you could see them making a run if they get a good draft pick and Thompson back. Can we just can we just take a moment and think about these last four months? Like how how crazy is this? You know, four months ago, um, Clay Thompson goes down with that with that ACL tear in in the NBA Finals, and then weeks later, Kevin Durant leaves in free agency. 
The Warriors do a sign-in trade with Brooklyn to get D'Angelo Russell. Creates a hard cap, limits their roster flexibility going forward. They have to round out the roster with a bunch of minimum contracts and rookies. So they're entering the season with already a really thin, inexperienced roster. Not a lot of room for error. And that room for error is just shattered within four games. In the games leading up to this, they didn't exactly look good. And before Steph got injured... They were downright atrocious, um, down 29 points to a Suns team that plays hard, but no one thinks is going to contend in any way in the Western Conference. Um, it's just I think we got to step back real quick and just assess how nuts this all is, and it kind of makes you wonder. You know, things all all things considered, went almost perfectly during that five year run. Obviously, they lost in the finals to the Cavs that one year, but so much went right. For that to happen, it almost I think people almost felt like, you know, the light years thing was true where whatever they did turned to gold. And now within four months, everything seems to go be going wrong for this team. And as Steve says, they're experiencing the real NBA where and I think I wrote in my game story where, you know, worst case scenarios happen and uh, hopes can be dashed. It's four four months and 17 days, I believe it was June 13th. And the reason I remember that, it was the first day of the U.S. Open. And you think about what the morning of June 13th, before that game, game six, Clay Thompson's healthy, Steph Curry's healthy, Kevin Durant's still on the team even though he wasn't healthy. I mean, even if Durant left, which I think we all realized was a foregone conclusion, if Clay Thompson doesn't get hurt that night, maybe they win that game, force a game seven, you never know, and then come back this year with Thompson, you know, Thompson, Curry, and Green, you figure they're going to be representative. Um but Thompson's absence obviously is killing him on both ends of the court. Yeah. To have that that defensive presence and to have the complimentary piece to Curry, um, yeah, they looked terrible. I mean, the first quarter they were down forty-three to fourteen to Phoenix. It was just it was ridiculous, and, and you could see it in not only in the other players but in Steph and Draymond. Steph was forcing stuff, sloppy turnovers, which is not that unusual. But you could tell. It seemed to me he had the burden of carrying the offense. And Green feels the burden of carrying the defense. And you can't, you can't win that way. The Warriors won those championships with great players, with stars, but also as a team and at going seven and eight deep. And they don't, they don't have that right now. And before they even step on the court tonight, you know, you have Kevon Looney who's de- dealing with a neuropathic condition. Uh, no one in this organization knows what his future holds. He could be out a week or two. He could also be out an extended amount of time. I talked to a specialist yesterday and there's just no way to gauge what that could mean. I mean, it's such a general prognosis. Um, So they could be without him for a while. Jacob Evans is going to be out at least three weeks. And, you know, Jacob Evans, given how thin this team is, is a legitimate rotation wing who could help them. He's out. Uh, You know, Willie Cauley-Stein and Alec Burks made their Warriors debuts tonight. Neither of them was particularly impressive you have to keep in mind Willie Cauley-Stein had literally not even practiced with this team before so there was going to be some growing pains but yeah no it's just it's not looking good the big the one bright spot tonight was Eric Pascal who had 20 points and he's gonna he's gonna be relied on and and keep in mind this is a guy who heard 40 names called before his in the June draft but 
One thing I'm kind of wondering right now, you, we're, we're going to start hearing a lot of chatter now about tanking. We're going to hear, should the Warriors just wave the proverb, proverbial white flag, start resting Draymond, who, by the way, tweaked his back tonight, uh, was icing his back, and he says he's going to play Saturday, but he's been dealing with some issues himself. Do you just start resting Draymond, you know, not even worry about bringing Clay back later, uh, you know, not rush Steph back in any way and just try to jostle for maybe a top five pick in a draft that is actually pretty deep. And, and there's several guys who a lot of people feel could be a legitimate number one pick in a lot of drafts, including LaMelo Ball, who, you know, of the famous Ball family. Um, or do you try to keep things together and, and hope Steph can come back in a few weeks and, 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 and still think there's some hope to get a playoff with? I mean, obviously, you try to win games, I think, with what you have, but you make decisions based on the big picture. Um, I think you don't ask Clay to play this season. Uh, you, you certainly are extra patient with Steph and his recovery, although a broken bone's a little clearer than a, an ACL or an Achilles or whatever. Um, but you play it safe with Draymond? Absolutely. I mean, you, you, uh, you have to take the wide-angle and, and have the context of what's going on and understand that they're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, I think it was, you know, we thought they would. We thought they'd play better um, if everyone was healthy. But as you said, the worst-case scenarios are, are happening. And it's more about getting guys ready for next season and player development, as they've stressed all along. So we'll, uh, we'll see how true they are to that maxim here in the next few months. You know, and, and one thing I, I think we're going to hear also in coming days is just the comparison to the 96-97 Spurs. Now, I know that I was in first grade when that happened. Um, I'm guessing, I hate you, Connor. I hate you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm guessing you remember uh, that team. Obviously, the Spurs were one of the best teams in the league with David Robinson. Then a bunch of things went went against them. David Robinson got injured twice. Uh, they had a coaching change midseason. Greg Popovich, who was in the front office, came down to the sideline and, 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 and took over as coach. And uh, they ended up kind of, I, I wouldn't say tanking, but definitely building toward the future, going in on a youth movement, and ended up paying off because they got the number one pick. They got this guy named Tim Duncan, who was pretty darn good. Uh, and then they, they ended up becoming, you know, a, a legitimate NBA dynasty and, and making the playoffs for 20 plus straight years. Um, do you think that the Warriors could end up following a similar path? Do you think kind of looking ahead here, if the Warriors do, well, I won't even say tank, but if they make the lottery, get a decent draft pick, um, that they could be back into in contention come next season. Well, they could be back. Well, for, first of all, let's clarify, I was not in first grade in 1997. <laughs> Celebrated my fourth wedding anniversary. Covered a truly disastrous Raiders team, Joe Bugle. I believe they were 4-12. and 12. Was, your, was your son born yet? No, he was not born until 99, and he's in college now. So <laughs> just for context here, you're making me feel really damn old. Um, but I think that the, the, the analogy is valid, certainly. The difference would be I don't think there's a Tim Duncan in the draft. I mean, it sounds like it's a strong draft, but there's no Zion. Zion's already gone. Um, and I don't, I mean, Tim Duncan was a transformational player, obviously, especially paired with David Robinson and with Greg Popovich as his coach. But if you, let's, let's just for a moment hit pause on this season, given what happened tonight. Right. 
if you look at 20 uh, this time next year, if Clay Thompson is healthy from his torn ACL, and there's a good chance he comes back at something resembling the Clay Thompson we know, Steph Curry's certainly going to be reco- I mean, a, a broken hand is going to heal. Right. Draymond, if is going to get a lot less wear and tear this year. They're not going to go to the playoffs. Right. And they're going to reduce his minutes probably. Pascal looks like a really good player. I mean, that's the one positive, I think, of these first four games is he looks like they, they might have hit something in the second round. Poole could be. We don't know yet. He's only 20 years old. Right, exactly. So they could be really good next season. It is, this is gonna, they're going to be really bad this season. And they could be really good again next season. I don't know what that means. Willie Cauley-Stein could come back. I'm not sold on Cauley-Stein and Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson. I mean, they're okay players. I, I but actually think Glenn Robinson's been pretty good for a minimum guy. But Yeah, I mean, it serves their purpose. But if they want to compete for a championship, right. You don't. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not Andre Iguodala. It's not no. Sean Livingston. No. I, I think what, what tonight and what these first four games and what these next six months – should do to Warriors fans is remind them how incredibly lucky they were to follow this team the last five years. That does not happen. That's literally a once-in-a-50-year thing, right? right? I mean, it's been 50-something years since the Celtics went to the finals every year in an 8- or 10-team league. Right. Warriors went to the finals five straight years in a 30-team league right. and won three championships and were the most entertaining show in sports. Right. That just doesn't happen. And the payback is what's going to happen in the next six months. And that's that's just the reality. I don't know about you, but I've been seeing some criticism in my mentions and, and emails for Bob Myers, the, the job he did to put together this roster in the offseason. And I just want to remind people that given what the Warriors and, and Bob Myers had to had to deal with, all the setbacks, the injuries, there was no path to being – a contending team there there simply wasn't i mean away no not this season at all uh given given all the injuries there was there was no there was no answer that that would have been especially positive um i thought that they had to make the 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 sign and trade for d'angelo russell was their only path to a young all-star caliber talent if they don't do that yes they don't have the hard cap yes they have a, a, a mid-level exception that they they can use which will in in today's market will just get you a borderline rotation guy but they'll be older and they won't have a legitimate number two scoring option i see the logic in why they got d'angelo russell it makes sense like you said there weren't other young all-star options i just i question still i think it's it's i think the jury's out on whether that was a good move because He's an illogical fit. He doesn't play the way the Warriors play. He doesn't play defense. He's a liability on defense. Yeah, but what was the alternative? No, I agree. And, that, and, and worst case scenario, they can trade him. Well, and that's what I'm saying is yeah. I, I understand the logic. I understand why they did it. They had to take that chance. The early evidence to me shows he's not a good fit. Right. He's not a bad player. He's a good player. But he doesn't play the way the Warriors play offensively. He's, I think maybe even worse than we thought defensively. He's straight up horrible defensively. Yeah. I, I, not not to, you know, be hyperbolic here, but his defensive rating has been among the worst. Well, but, and, and he's not alone, right? I mean, this yeah. team is not very good defensively right now, and Steve Kerr will be the first to tell you that. Some of that is youth. but um, A lot of it just looks like they're 
they're not sure of what they're doing. Correct. And so it's not so much that they're not trying hard. It's that they there's just that extra second of of thinking that and so they've been a, a step slow on everything boxing out you know rotating defensively uh setting screens it's really spilled into all aspects of the game they're they're hesitant right whereas the guys they're replacing you know the Iguodalas, the livingstons kevon looney um it was second nature to them right right and, and not just not not the the things most fans see the scoring we're talking setting the right screen moving you know rotating the correct way on defense chasing down a rebound blocking out things that they did without thinking the rookies clearly are thinking and not doing them and not doing them quickly enough um but i mean again okay the clippers opening night that's a title contender right right? the thunder no no and they got blown out yeah and tonight the Suns, decent team, you know, certainly improving, but forty-three to fourteen after the first quarter, and Steph Curry 31 played to, thirty to one run, and yeah, and Steph Curry played that whole quarter. So, uh, you know, let's be realistic here. That you know, as as much as Curry's injury changes everything, it was not going well, and Steve Kerr will tell you that. And you know, obviously, it's Steve Kerr's job and the Warriors' job to think it's going to change and they can turn it around. And they they obviously did play better in New Orleans after you know two terrible games to start the season but through four games it's not so much that they're one and three it's the way they've lost how badly they've lost how badly they've looked and uh you know they play a lot here in the next couple weeks you know they got a back-to-back coming up yeah they play friday saturday monday i believe right right you know at home and then they hit the road again yeah so it's uh houston minnesota and oklahoma city yeah so so you know, they could be the, you know, this is not going to be the last route. Let's face it. Um, and you know. Steve said it after the, the season opener. This is not a one-off. And he was not lying. I'm actually fascinated to see what Steve does going forward. Because this is going to be a really a real challenge for him from a coaching perspective. Because the reality is, I think he was a little reluctant to fully get away from the motion offense and those principles uh, for obvious reasons. But I don't know if he has much choice now. I mean, the only way that they're going to score enough points to even be competitive is to run the offense through D'Angelo Russell and kind of do things similar to what Brooklyn did last season. But at the same time, if you're doing that, you're kind of teaching your young guys to do things that they don't ultimately long-term want them to do. So it's an interesting kind of dilemma that Steve's going to have. No, it's a good point. Um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. As a fan, you know, before I started, I mean, I've covered the Warriors off and on for many years, as you noted. But really, I had become sort of so turned off by watching the NBA because it was so much isolation, eight guys watching, two guys play one-on-one, or sometimes six guys watching, four guys play pick and roll. You know, it was just, it was borderline unwatchable. Um, And the Warriors, beyond winning the last five years, made it fun to watch basketball again. You know, the way they played, the way they moved. So I hope, it's the purest in me, I hope they don't get away from that too much because that, that's the way to win for most teams. I mean, I guess the Rockets are maybe the antidote to that, but I can't watch the Rockets. Um, you know, I'm, again, I'm dating myself, the old guy who ran through six screens <laughs> in high school to get a shot. But, I mean, let's face it, the, what, what, what was really – entertaining to watch the last five years wasn't just that the Warriors won it was the four passes without the ball hitting the ground 
and clay curling off a screen and making a shot or, you know, stuff to Draymond lob to Looney. I mean, the, the plays that yeah. brought you off your seat to say, whoa, you know, because basketball played at the highest level is art. It's, it's, it can really be like that. Um, if you've got the players who play all play the same way and who have that connection. And again, it just should make Warriors fans appreciate the last five years. It's probably not going to happen again. If today was a funeral, that was a phenomenal eulogy <laughs> of uh, the Warriors dynasty. Um, and on that, I think we should probably wrap up because I, I know Ron and I are both cashed out. It's It's been a long day. Um, I think it's going to be a long season. Um, you know, the reality of the situation is, you know, the season's probably not gone past April, but that, that we still got six months, six, seven months of writing about a team that, you know, is not necessarily going to achieve a lot this season. So uh, it's still going to be fun, though. We'll keep it interesting. We'll keep rolling out the features and the and the different angles and all those good things. Ron, thanks for joining me, as always. Thank you. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at claterno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.